Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's June 4th, 2005. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it's 2005. Coldplay are the biggest British band in the world, basically, and they've just released their third album, X and Y, which unsurprisingly goes straight to number one. But the lead single is Speed of Sound, not their best, in my view. Nonetheless, expected to go straight to number one in the singles chart and is trounced instead by a blue-grey animated amphibian with a motorcycle helmet on called Crazy Frog. And what he does is he goes ding, 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 ding. Are you going to stop there? Because I kind of felt like you were just going to deadpan your way through every single (laughs) note of the song. Well, I suppose it's not entirely everything that he does. The other thing that he does is he sings the Beverly Hills Cop theme. Uh, which I'd, I'd forgotten. I mean, in my head, the Crazy Frog song was just the ding, 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 but it actually isn't. It's a mashup. You see, I, I had the exact opposite experience because I've never seen Beverly Hills Cop and I was born after it came out. And so I just have always thought of that as the Crazy Frog song. It's a mashup of the Crazy Frog meme, of which more in a moment, and Axel F, as in da, 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 originally a number two hit for Harold Faltermeyer in 1985. Reappeared again in 1995 when Clock got it to number seven. So this is the incredible fact. Only Crazy Frog could take that song to number one. (laughs) And people were livid. If you were in the UK at the time, you probably remember that the only thing that took up more time than seeing the advert on TV was the constant coverage of how infuriating it was and what a disgrace it was that the song was so prominent and then it got to number one. It wasn't the first time it had happened. I guess the most famous example before then was probably Joe Dolce, Shut Up Your Face, beating Ultravox to number one in 1981. But this seemed to really light a fire under the nation. Let's talk about what the Crazy Frog was then and the origins of the Crazy Frog because I remembered that it was tied in with a mobile phone ringtone company, which in itself Mm. is a very turn-of-the-century thing, isn't it? But actually, its origins go much further back than that. So the sound that he makes, the ding-ding-ding-ding, was created in 1997 by a student in Gothenburg, Sweden, Daniel Malmedal, who at the time was 17, (laughs) and was just messing about at home and recorded the sound of what he thought was something like a motorcycle starting up as a fun sound, and... I nearly said uploaded it to the internet, but of course back then, like, you couldn't. Like, there was no YouTube, there was no Facebook, there was no MySpace even. So just basically emailed it to some friends. <laughs> and then years later, it got discovered by this guy, Eric Vernquist, who was an animator. Uh, do you know, I watched the Not So Crazy Frog documentary uh, so that you guys don't have to. What are you talking about? I watch that at least every Christmas with a glass of brandy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's a family tradition in my I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to be going back to that. But the main takeaway of the documentary is that Vern Christ is so deeply, deeply ashamed of his involvement in it. But basically, he found this weird sound and was putting together his animating portfolio and came up with this idea for the, uh, this creature that he called the annoying thing. And he then created this animation of a frog starting up an engine. And then it was only later that then these Berlin producers picked it up and combined it with the Axel F tune and uh, and turned it into you know uh, Billboard Gold the song we know and hate but I, I didn't even realise that he'd only created the annoying thing as like an audition for a job as a submission exactly. as a, yeah, like yeah. a thing for his portfolio it wasn't right. it was just playing about and it's not even a frog no no. he's been very clear be about this and when you look at yeah. it you think yes he's quite right it doesn't look anything like a frog it's the power of suggestion <laughs> yeah. what it does very clearly have though is genitalia which was intensely controversial at the time and apparently his visible scrotum caused major complaints uh, all around the world <laughs> but the advertising standards authority here in the UK mm. ruled that his genitals were actually fine to to show the, the, only, <laughs> the only amusing thing about this character is yeah. that he has clear penis and balls <laughs> in the documentary they say that on the day that it was released the guys called up their contact at billboard and said you know what's going on and they were outselling Coldplay 4 to 1 on the day that the song came out let's not forget that people had to go out and buy music in 2005 overwhelmingly people were still physically buying cds in shops so you were going out to sh- this wasn't just like a novelty let's mm. get rage against the machine to number one by downloading it on itunes this was like i feel so strongly that crazy frog <laughs> should be number one that i will go down to nvc and purchase it but there is some heritage behind it so the producers of the song were the german band bass bumpers um, who had actually like got some credibility as dance pop producers in Germany. They produced Rhythm is a Dancer. I don't understand why you're sounding surprised. It is a banger. It's been a long time, <laughs> and I think that the absence has been really helpful. Yes. But when I was listening to it, it puts you in a weird headspace, doesn't it? When, yeah. On one hand, there's part of you that sort of remembers how annoying it was and how much it dominated everything at the time, but part of you just wants to get to that ding, ding part. And you're just waiting to get to the crazy frog's it's true. little it's interjections. Very <laughs> yeah. And successful with or without genitals. So his genitals were removed for the US version of the release. You're dragging um, us back to the genitals again. I feel like this is like a very fascinating point for you, is the visibility of the genitals. For me, it was a crucial part of the entertainment value, the little <laughs> that there was. And yet, you know, North American listeners were quite prepared to buy the song regardless of the presence of Scrotum. Let's talk about Jamster, because I always imagined that they were kind of like a disruptive startup, you know, because they were, they were, it was always a bit dodgy. So what they did back in the day is if you had a Nokia 3310 and you wanted to change the ringtone on it, you could text a number and they'd send you, in this case, the Crazy Frog theme tune, but they advertised other adorable characters such as Sweetie the Chick. I do you remember that? Do you? Sweetie the Chick, when I read the name earlier... It just came crashing back into my head. And Schnuffle Bunny they also did. Do you, do you remember Schnuffle Bunny, Rebecca? I think that was slightly after my time. Right. But she's had 20 million views in her own right. She's kind of like a melancholic ballad version of Crazy Frog. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, they had these characters. You'd, you'd text a number. You'd get that ringtone to your phone. But basically, you didn't realise you were signing up for a subscription service. And it would cost you that per week or per month. I can't remember which. And loads of parents complained. It was like kind of like the turn of the century version of loot boxes. Yeah, and eventually uh, Jamster ended up being fined £40,000 in the UK for 
for doing this, you know, that, that people thought that they were getting just one ringtone and actually they were being signed up to a subscription and the ringtones just kept coming. I mean, if I can chime in as someone who was at the prime age to be uh, downloading ringtones in 2005, mm-hmm. for those of us whose parents refused to allow us to download ringtones, mm-hmm. what we used to do is there was always that one person at school who was incredibly good at using the musical notes. Remember there used to be like a no. musical notes program mm-hmm. in Nokia 3310? Basically, you, you press one of off. the... Yeah, you would press one of the buttons and it would like make a musical note. And there were people at school who specialised in replicating. I remember the two biggest ones were the Rugrats theme tune and the EastEnders theme tune. And there wow. were specialists within your cohort at school who yeah. could, for a small fee, say a Freddo Frog, give you <laughs> the EastEnders theme tune as your new ringtone. I like that frogs was the currency also. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very frog-heavy culture at the time. <laughs> so did they, if you bought the crazy frog, from your illicit mate in the playground. Oh, that was Did, far too sophisticated. I was going to say, but they could yeah, have done yeah. the Axel F. Just, it would have been hard to do the ding, ding, ding. Well, nobody was interested in the no, Axel F. just in the ding, 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 ding. Just in the ding, 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 dings. <laughs> and that's because you were being saturated by the ads on telly at a time when TV was important. So I, mean, I found an incredible statistic that said at one point the Crazy Frog accounted for more than 50% of primetime TV advertising wow. in some markets. In Germany, I think in particular, if you watch Viva which was a sort of female skewing MTV, it was literally the entire ad break, every ad break was Crazy Frog, which you can imagine would be rather annoying. And maybe that helps to explain the huge sales. I mean, if you're, if that's the only thing that you're being surrounded by and all you've got are Fredo Frogs to purchase things with, then what are you going to, you know, what else are you going to spend your, your frogs on? That's interesting. Maybe it is proof that advertising really works. Like traditional mainstream advertising works. You just if you have enough money to throw at it. If you reach a hundred percent saturation. Yeah. Well, an estimated ten percent of the British population saw the advert more than sixty times. Wow. That feels right. I mean, it's hypnosis. However, despite the incredible success, as we've outlined, of the single by the Crazy Frog, uh, I looked at the Spotify stream count, and it's sixty-three million currently. I then went to see how many streams Speed of Sound has had since. And it's not in Coldplay's top 10, so you don't get to see an exact number. But the song that is from the same album that is in their top 10 is Fix You, which has had 755 million. So even if just one in 10 of the listeners of Fix You go through to stream the rest of the album, that means Coldplay have won the long game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except that Crazy Frog last year joined Twitter and announced that he was going to be releasing a new album. So I think Coldplay are on Twitter and have announced albums. <laughs> I believe that's happened. <laughs> I just don't think that we can say that the competition is over. Fine. fine. <laughs> Tomorrow. And they went right back in this sort of quasi-archaeological act. First time that term's ever been applied to a musical. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. 